Finally, I just want to share with uh, you the few properties which are actually quite difficult to describe without line diagrams, but uh, you can create your own line diagrams wherein you can draw uh, two presynaptic neurons A and B parallel to each other and show two terminal branches each and uh, neuron presynaptic neuron A ending on X and Y and uh, the parallel fiber B also ending on Y but it's another branch ending on a Z. So we have three postsynaptic neurons um, X, Y, Z with this kind of a neuronal arrangement. The properties of occlusion and subliminal fringe can be described. Now why we say occlusion? Wherever there is a narrowing of the outcome or the output, we say occlusion. So it's natural to say, think of that in a simple way here that when A fires, uh, the postsynaptic neurons X and Y would fire. And when B fires separately, uh, the presynaptic neuron B that is, you would get uh, uh, impulses in the, uh, or excitation of the Y and Z postsynaptic neurons. So one would say, think that when we are exciting uh, two of these uh, presynaptic neurons uh, individually, we are getting uh, excitation in two, two postsynaptic neurons separately. So if we do uh, uh, stimulate both of them, we would assume that there would be postsynaptic excitation in four postsynaptic neurons. But when they are both stimulated simultaneously, it will result in only three of these. And this is because of the arrangement wherein the postsynaptic neuron Y is shared by both of these presynaptic neuron. Now, the same uh, drawing can also be able to uh, use uh, to be explaining subliminal fringe effect. When A and B fire, the Y fires due to the summation in them. Whereas Z will not fire, only it will be held in an excited state, an increased excitability state. And if even a small uh, stimulation arrives at this next, it can easily stimulate it into excited state. So this subliminally uh, excited state is what is called a subliminal fringe, wherein the neuron is not at discharging, but its excitability is kept increased. The next property is synaptic habituation. In fact, the next couple of them can be widely remembered because they play an important role in learning and memory. If there is a repeated stimulation of a presynaptic neuron by, let's say, a stimulus which is harmless or neither leads to any reward or punishment, then the gradual disappearance of postsynaptic response occurs to this because of repeated stimulation of this. And this is called as synaptic fatigue or an habituation. You know that in life, uh, all living organisms as they grow up, Initially, if they are threatened by some stimulus, until they perceive that this is harmless, will probably react to it. But over the uh, time, if this is apply, applied, if this stimulus is applied repeatedly, uh, finally the animal would suggest, uh, think that this is an harmless stimulus and get habituated to it. So the synaptic basis of that is a synaptic fatigue or habituation occurring due to exhaustion of the neurotransmitter or inactivation of the calcium channels. To the opposite of this is the property synaptic sensitization. 
So when transmission is accompanied by let's say a painful or an obnoxious or an unpleasant sensation the response increases that occurs more by a mechanism of presynaptic facilitation which is often short lived and it is because of increased calcium entry which will then lead on to more of the synaptic neurotransmitter released now synaptic sensitization uh, is quite easily dis- uh, describable if you can give the example of a baby crawling around for the first time it touches a very hot object without knowing that it is hot and it withdraws his hand in pain and the next time one what it would never ever touch that object again so it gets sensitized to that that particular object is a hot thing it's obnoxious should not be touched so this is the way similarly we learn about all the harmful things and we keep away from that and that is synaptic uh, sensitization <coughs> one other property which we would uh, like to describe is synaptic plasticity now we have heard at different places cortical plasticity neuronal plasticity now what is synaptic plasticity here the synaptic transmission can be modified either it can be made to increase or decrease on the basis of past experience and these changes are involved in the process of learning and memory just like habituation and sensitization the previous two properties so this synaptic plasticity is a huge role to play in learning of things which while we grow up and consolidating these things into the memory thank you all for your patient hearing